This is the Better Life, Better Work Show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm a life and self-leadership coach for authentic and ambitious small business owners and professionals. I show up here in your ears as a transparent leader doing the same inner and outer work that you are. I'm here to remind you that you're probably a gardener and not a machine and that soft, sustainable and soulful success is actually available to you on your own terms. Emotional presence and wellness are also available to you as someone who juggles both an amazing business and a beautiful life. I'm here to remind you that more is not better, better is better. Yeehaw, friends. Hey, it's going to be another uh, on-the-road podcast with Allison Crow, your favorite life and business coach, your favorite self-leadership coach. I know that I've been a little AWOL, and here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you an update. I don't know, I feel like sharing with you some real-life things that are going on behind the scenes. Y'all know, as business owners, there are things that happen in your life that impact the rest of your life, your family, business, etc. So I did a post about this on Facebook the other day, but man, we have... And I don't mean this as a victim. I really don't feel like a victim. I feel like a human being living life. And, uh, okay, I don't feel like a victim, right? I feel like a human being. And we lost Rocky Potato, the dog, in December. We got COVID. Bill and I got COVID in January. Had it for three weeks. That a little Omicron variant was not fun. Lots of brain fog. We did go to Las Vegas for my, the last weekend of January for my 50th birthday. My birthday is not in January, it's in February. But we came home to a family member um, in a emergent situation from Bill's side of the family. I'm not going to discuss that anymore, but it definitely was hard and time consuming. And then we also, the same, same day, we had two phone calls, one about Bill's family member and then not the other one wasn't a phone call. It was Leroy Brown was not looking great. And as y'all know, Leroy Brown, my little soul dog, 12-year-old boxer rescue, has my whole heart. Leroy, I know I'm going kind of fast. I'll calm down here in a minute. Anyways, Leroy was diagnosed with um, a bunch of heart conditions and heart failure. And then after that settled, we noticed that Clementine's limp hadn't gone away, so we went to get that taken care of. And Clementine was diagnosed with a deadly bone cancer in her pelvis. It's a very rare place to have it, and you can't really amputate your pelvis. So we um, have been in the middle of a lot of that. massive dog expense and also just anticipatory grief and grief and stress. And then um, I did get, I had an episode, a professional, I call it an episode, it's a rejection-sensitive dysphoria. I did not know that that was a thing. And apparently people with ADHD almost 100% have it. And I had an experience in um, a professional group I was in in February that um, was new to me, a new community to me, and I had a conflict with somebody in there, and it's 
set off something in me, y'all, that I just, I couldn't believe how sensitive I was and how I was taking things personally. And then the shame spiral of why I was taking things spirally, spirally, why I was taking things so personally. And, um, of course, I don't know if any of you overthinkers do this. You go to Dr. Google and, like, see what your what is mentally wrong with you or physically wrong with you. And I found an article about rejection-sensitive dysphoria and ADHD, and I realized that for years I've been joking about having ADHD, but for the first time I really took it seriously after reading this article and some of the common symptoms of ADHD. And so I moved forward with the diagnosis and got the diagnosis at the beginning of March, and it was mind-blowing. At some point I'll do a couple of episodes about adult women who get late diagnosis, women in ADHD, because it presents so differently than it does um, in men, and it certainly presents differently than it does in little boys. And the first place I remember hearing about ADHD was little boys in school. So there has been some big impact. Some people are like, oh, the diagnosis makes you... You know, you don't have to put yourself into a category. And I'll tell you what, having the edges of that category and start beginning the, I am no expert in ADHD, and I'm on the process of becoming an expert in myself, but having the diagnosis and understanding that these symptoms have been here since before I was 12 are fascinating to me. There's something now that clicks and makes sense. And um, it was interesting, right after I got that diagnosis, someone super spiritual was like, you only have that diagnosis because you believe you have that diagnosis. And I just wanted to smack him and say, fuck off. And I didn't. I realized he has the right to believe that. And whatever my experience is right now, seeing clearly some things that I had never really seen before and was subconsciously carrying around the shame of masking, because I didn't even know I was masking. I was trying so hard to not be what is actually very natural for me. So that's been an interesting journey. I did work with my... um, therapist and my doctor to start an experiment with meds and so far that's going really well. We've had a few minor adjustments and I tell you what, I'm not tired anymore. That's one thing. Number two, I don't feel that sense of deep um, like, I didn't even realize I was carrying around a blanket of, Allison, you're doing it wrong and you'll never be able to do it right. And now I see that my brain functions the way my brain functions because I'm neurodiverse, not neurotypical. It's a fascinating journey. And I'll be sharing more um, about it. Today's episode is going to be kind of casual. So March carries on and I'm preparing for my big live event, Camp Cultivate, which is at the beginning of May. I'm preparing for a retreat for clients to come in town and running my business, taking care of my sick dogs. And the end of March, I go to my retreat with my Spark Unhustle and Flow, um, my high-end achievement level mastermind ladies coming in from all over the world. And one of my biggest fears happens that weekend. And my clients hadn't even been there 24 hours when I got a call from my brother that said dad had a stroke. 
he was driving mom to her haircut. And so my dad's about to turn 80. My mom is 78. And my dad was driving my mom to her haircut, and he had a full-blown left side paralyzed stroke. My mother recognized it, miraculously was able to pull the car over. I, I mean, that right there is a miracle. They didn't have an accident. And get help. So my dad was able to get stroke medicine very quickly. But, of course, I didn't know all this when I got that phone call. So I just turned to my assistant and to my clients and said, I love you. I got to go. And we drove into town. I, fortunately, I had scheduled my retreat in town just in case one of my dogs died. I know, drama, 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 drama. So much drama. So we have, that was on the 1st of April, that stroke. It is now getting towards the end of April, and there has been all kinds of just life circumstances. And... There has been, my dad finally got out of the hospital, went over there one day to take him to, um, take him to a doctor's appointment and found out he had had two falls and was like, yeah, you're not going to the doctor's appointment, you're going back to the hospital. And right now I am in the car on the way to drive all the way to the other side of town to see my dad. He's in intensive rehab. He's doing great. He just needs to be in rehab so that he's not a fall risk when he goes home. So we are... 10 days out from Camp Star, or not Camp Star Heart, see, uh, Camp Cultivate, which is an entirely new event, event from the one I've done before. It's at a new venue. There are new logistics. There are new details. And I forgot because I've been doing an event at the same place, kind of with the same system, right, the same thing set up, and we just changed the theme. But all the logistics were essentially the same. Well, we have a whole new thing. And I forgot how much work that takes, and I'm so grateful for my team for doing a lot of the work. And even though their hands are on the work, my little hyper-independent brain is like, is it going well? Is it going well? Is it going well? Is everything taken care of? Is everything taken care of? And so, my dear soulful business owners with hearts and lives you love, who are having a human experience, I tell you all this just to say, not how fabulous I am. I mean, I am fabulous. But just to say that, like, I am more aware than ever that people have things going on that we have no idea about. And absolutely, it affects your energy, your physiology, your emotional state, your relationships. And, of course, it's going to affect your ability to concentrate and focus and have clarity on your business. And it's this big, juicy thing we call life, right? I um, feel so grateful for my business because my business and the, the work, both emotional, physical, and tactical, and financial, that I've put into building this practice, to building a sustainable coaching practice and business that meets my soul's requirement to be full is allowing me flexibility and time and space and recurring revenue, things that I didn't even realize I needed to support me, and so I feel very grateful for that. So from there, from this update, where do I want to bring you guys, you, you guys, you people? 
let's all take a breath together. I just want to send you whatever you're going through in your life, in your business, in your family, taking care of parents, taking care of pets, taking care of children. And maybe maybe you're in a beautiful season. I was like this last summer. I was like, things are too quiet, too good. <laughs> and not in a way that I, I, I just knew. I knew once my stepdaughter's wedding, I knew from November, her wedding was in November. And so I just knew. I knew what was on the schedule. I knew what was on the calendar. I did not know about my dog, and I did not know about um, my dad's stroke. But I knew that there was a lot of stuff on the calendar that was going to bring a little bit more intensity to, frankly, the space and boredom that 2020 and 2021 gave me. So whatever you're going through, whether it's peace and joy or a combination of peace and joy and gratitude and holy shit fire hell, I just want to send you some love. I want to tell you that nobody deserves your love and attention your love and attention more than you do. As much as anybody, as Matt Kahn says, you are worthy of your own love and affection. And I'm just sending you love and affection from across these little podcast wires into your ears to acknowledge your humanness. I have an episode somewhere out there called You're a Gardener, Not a Machine. And one of the concepts I'm exploring right now as I've spent the last 18 months exploring my inner system, so my internal family system, my internal parts, my internal sacred self, my internal coping mechanisms, my internal automatic behaviors and protective devices. Um, many of y'all know that internal family systems and you have using it in my life, getting trained in it, and now using it with my coaching clients has had a profound impact on, frankly, my personal peace and my ability to navigate, navigate difficult times. And I spent the last 18 months immersed in my inner system. And when I came out, I couldn't but help see so many outer invisible systems. So track with me here. I'm going to go a little slow. But a system is a neutral way of, so for example, I'm on a road. Right now there's a road system in the county, in Travis County, Texas, right? There's a road system. There's a system of organization that directs the flow of traffic, that directs an outcome that the system creators want. Right? So in my internal family system, my internal part, my managers, my protectors, my exiles, and my creative sacred self, a lot self is always trusting, but all those other little parts, the outcome they want is my safety, love, and acceptance. They want to avoid pain and rejection. And so a lot of things internally go on subconsciously and sometimes consciously that are all about protecting, right? They're protective systems for the purpose of feeling safe and loved. We know um, about the system of crappy capitalism. Listen, I'm a capitalist. (laughs) I work for myself. I love being in charge of my own business. And I am not talking about conscious capitalism where people do 
do not build and create things at the expense of other human beings. I'm talking about shitty capitalism, the kind that manipulates and controls. And um, so there's that system. There's a system of patriarchy, right? There's systems of white privilege. There's systems that of your neighborhood. Um, there's education systems, right? So like the school that I went to, and I'm not just talking broad education. Every little community has its own invisible system. As my family and I all come together, so I have five, I, there are five children, five crow kids. Four of those crow kids have spouses. Three of those crow kids have children, and then my parents. And you can imagine that with seven people and all their spouses and families combined going through medical crises and Frankly, we're approaching the season where we're on our last years with our parents. And despite um, lots of drama that has existed in my family, there's also lots of love. And so, But, you know, you get family members together and you get family members under stress and the shit can hit the fan emotionally. All of our baggage, right, we're all, like, if you can imagine, all seven crow family members plus the second layer, and all seven Crow family members, whether they know it or not, have their suitcases of baggage brought to the every single conversation. And frankly, we're all nervous system fried. And so we're more likely to explode on each other. We're not necessarily able to always respond. And it's, it's just human nature. So all these systems... And after spending a year or 18 months observing and getting to know and be friends, and trust me, I have a long way to still go. It is honestly a daily practice. Um, I, I remember from my Christian days, there was a, I, I think it was in Corinthians or Ephesians, Paul, who, frankly, now is not one of my favorite people, but there was a Bible verse that talked about pray without ceasing. And my version of prayer without ceasing, ceasing these days is presence, first with my own heart and soul and sacred self, and then with the parts that are inside of me. So, hello, anxiety. I see you rising up. Oh, hello, exhaustion. I see you. Hello, overthinking. I see you. And just really being present and what I call <laughs> parts watching, parts watching. You know how, um, and I sent an email out this about this about my list. Speaking of which, if you have not hopped on my email list, go to, go do that at alisonkrow.com. So I sent an email to my list about you know people watching. One of my clients was talking about getting on a plane, and she was a little nervous and how to handle it. And it's been so long since she's been on a plane, and her. And um, I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you like people watching? She's like, yeah. I mean. I love people watching, and one of the reasons I love people watching is because I become the observer outside of everything that's going on. It's a fascinating place to be. So there's an element of awareness when you're people watching, right? If you're just moving through an airport terminal, you're one of the people moving through the system. But if you're just sitting, I mean, yes, technically you're still in the system, but if you're just sitting 
and observing the things that are going on, observing behavior, observing, um, just observing what's going on. It's a fascinating place to be. And so I was encouraging my client to do what I call parts watching instead of people watching. Just observe. You don't have to fix them. You don't have to heal them. Just observe your parts. Just be, become the noticer. And it's a really beautiful first step. People say, well, how do you do this? And I, I think our capitalistic do-do-do hyper-productivity hustle culture, another system, is always like, how do I fix it? Fix it now. I need certainty. At least my internal world often does that automatically. But I'm learning, learning, learning to slow down even more and be a people watcher and be a systems watcher and be an observer and be an observer of the world outside of me and the world inside of me. And the more I begin to notice, the more access I have to respond with calm, clarity, courage, confidence, creativity. I'm so thankful for the inner work that I have been doing since since forever, I don't know, forever, like, hi, my name's Allison, I have good girl people pleaser syndrome and an ultimate fear of being left and rejected. Oh, I'm also human. Maybe you have those too. So the other thing I love about um, internal family systems and this way that I'm now seeing the world, it's just really helpful to counteract the religious systems I grew up in, is that internal family systems has one of the frameworks or one of the foundations of it is that there is no pathologizing. So a lot of times my brain and my parts like to use words that give categories, but none of the categories are wrong. To pathologize something means to make it wrong. And so when I say I'm a people pleaser, I'm not making myself wrong for that. I'm just noticing my habitual coping mechanisms as a neutral fact. And then I can decide if they're useful or not. And sometimes my people pleasing is absolutely useful. Sometimes my overfunctioning is absolutely useful. And sometimes it's not. And sometimes it can go into the other area of not useful into actually harmful. So let's take another breath. Let me take another breath. Thanks for letting me meander through some things I've been thinking about, through some updates in my life, through topics of conversation. Where do I want to go with you to close this out? I want to invite you to become a watcher a noticer of not only the systems around you. It's real easy to be um, angry. Like when I, when I think about politics and capitalism and racism and all these things, it's real easy for me to get angry and judgy. Those are not bad. And there's a point when my anger and my judgment isn't useful and it's actually an excuse to avoid taking responsibility in my own system. And for me, going inward is about self-connection. It's about being present with myself, which is the first place of peace and expansion and unburdening in my own heart. 
and if there's anything I want to do or be in the world and whether it's being of a personality trip, a trait like contributing and helpful and wise or if it's in my family system with my family like I, I want to be peaceful and helpful and not lose my shit with my family members and not be horrible to them because I'm acting out of history instead of the present moment if there's anything I want to do or be I am finally getting in my whole body and I want to encourage you to stay on the journey of this I got it in my head for a long time I was able to say well I know this but why why doesn't it feel or happen from the neck down and I don't know if you're anything like me maybe you spent 45 years in your beautiful head disassociated having a great time doing all kinds of wonder things, but actually using your coping mechanisms to protect your heart. And the journey of an open heart is risky, but it's also beautiful. And we can't just go willy-nilly with an open heart. That can be re-traumatizing. So the journey of an open heart requires tender, loving care and patience and time spent. And for me, I was talking with my therapist on Thursday. I just love him. He's so weird, just like me. I love it. I love fellow weirdos. And he gets me. And I was explaining how there's two drivers in me that love personal growth and there's the one driver that is just wants to be the good girl and the one driver innate driver that is afraid of being unchosen and there's also the drive in me to be fully expressed in my soul and personality and Gabor Mate, in my class that I'm taking with him in my training um, for compassionate inquiry, says that as babies, we're all born with two innate drives. And one of those drives is to be loved and cared for. And one of those drives is to be our authentic self. But anytime the authentic, the drive for authenticity is held up against or in competition with the drive to be cared for, we will choose care and the avoidance of rejection in over authentic self, authentic expression. And I and many of my clients and maybe you are gently re-stitching the beautiful fabrics of our lives into a custom quilt instead of the tapestry that was made under duress of the the invisible system. I've also realized, like, I'm a philosopher and I love thinking and talking and babbling my way to brilliance. And so sometimes these podcasts, I'm going to have, like, hi, here are three steps to XYZ. And other times, pick a cup of coffee, get out your notepad, open your heart. If you're interested in ideas, and I know that the ideas I'm sharing with you are having big results in my life. 
They're bringing more peace. They're bringing more stability. They're giving me permission to let go of old judgments of self and in others. And that's what I want for us all. But what I want for us all doesn't matter. What I want for me matters. And so I'll close this out by saying, what do you want for you? What do you want for you? Thanks for letting me have a rambly episode. I guarantee you the ADD meds are working, and pretty soon I will be back with um, some more clear and directional episodes. But today, I needed to meander, and I was happy to reconnect with you. Sending you so much love. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to dive deeper, come check out the Soli Self-Leadership Society. It's my online coaching membership community, a networking community, a place to belong, and a place where you can be coached by me in life and business. We dive deep into the practices of both being and doing that help us create our unique version of soulful success It's a special community of small business owners just like you, and it's where I show up and give my clients personal support at an accessible fee. Check it out at www.coachwithallison.com. As always, thanks for listening, and I want to give a special shout out to Elise Rich from Wide Awake Recordings for her sound production each week on my episodes, especially the car episodes, and for her music composition for my intro and outro. This show is sponsored by my three dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adopting when you get your next pet. More is not better, better is better.